Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Build Your Network, episode 65. Hey, this is Derek Halpern from Social Triggers, and in this episode with Travis Chappell, I'm going to share some unconventional ways to network with people. So listen in and get a pen and paper ready. You have the ambition, the knowledge, and the experience, but still lack those relationships necessary for achieving true success. Welcome to Build Your Network, your guide to growing your inner circle, increasing your influence, and assisting others in reaching their goals. This is networking the way it should be, brought to you by your host, Travis Chappell. What is up and welcome to the one and only show that brings you tips and tricks on networking from the best experts around three days a week. Although they may not all be in the same field, every guest that comes on the show has one very important thing in common. They believe, as I do, that building relationships is crucial to achieving success in life. I can't wait to introduce you to today's guest, but first, if you have not yet joined our Facebook group, Build Your Network Beta, then you are missing out on some tips and some tricks and everything in between on how to network better, how to build those relationships better. If you haven't joined yet, please head over to buildyournetwork.co forward slash FB to join and be a part of the group, and I will see you there. And now let's go ahead and chat with today's guest, Derek Halpern. Derek is the founder of Social Triggers, a top destination where entrepreneurs learn how to start and grow their businesses. Derek, thanks so much for coming to the show today, bro. I'm super excited to have you. We're going to go ahead and do something a little bit different, and we're going to dive straight into talking about networking because we were chatting a little bit before this, and we just feel like that's probably the best conversation that we're going to have because Derek's a master, so let's get right into it. Derek, do you believe that what you know or who you know is more important and why? 
I think that's a great question, and let me tell you why. First, I want to say why I like to jump into these things because no one wants to hear me talk about myself for 25 minutes. They're going to fall asleep, right? <laughs> and what's interesting is is that's kind of like a networking faux pas. If you just sit there talking about yourself when you first meet somebody, what? That's who true. wants to listen to that? That's true. But that all said, what you know or who you know, it's a great question, and here's the thing. When you know more, you can meet more people. If you know everyone in the world, but you have nothing to offer them, is that really a good connection? Hmm. That's like more like you're a parasite leeching onto somebody else. So you kind of need a happy balance between having some skill or some value to offer other people. And you also have to know how to meet the right people. Yeah. So I don't think there's a question of, hey, this is more important than this. You need both, especially now. So let's say for somebody that's just starting off in this whole business entrepreneurship thing and they're just getting started and it's, you know, we're coming up to the end of 2017, which is a fantastic time to write down goals and think about, you know, envision the future and all that good stuff. So let's say 2018, they're going to focus on, they're going to try to really double down on one of these areas specifically, which one should they double down on? It really just depends. So let me ask a follow-up question. I hate to ask, answer a question with a question here, but are you trying to meet people to just meet people, you know, to have more friends? Or are you trying to meet people that might actually become clients or customers or people that could be potential partners? You know, because there's networking with purpose and there's networking just because you're bored. Right, right. I think the answer is you want to build relationships with people that are going to help you be a better person. So not necessarily like with the intent of closing business, but you know, if you get around good people, people that are better than you at what you do, then you're inevitably going to close more business by being around them. Perfect. So here's the deal. I always tell people that if you want to really explode your network and your relationships and actually meet more higher quality people, people who actually might be above your pay grade, as they would say. Not that I'm trying to say there's putting anyone on a pedestal or nothing like that. But if you're trying to network with people who are way above you, you always need some kind of value or skill to offer these people. Mm -hmm. So what I believe people need to do is they need to pick one skill. They need to become really great at it. And then when they start networking with people, they don't introduce themselves and say, hey, I'm John. I'm a writer. I also work here and I do this and I do this and I do this and have like 400 different things that they do. Because once you start doing that, people literally fall asleep. I always say that if you're going <laughs> to introduce yourself to someone, commas equal comas. The more commas you got in your bio, the more likely you're going to put people to sleep. Hmm. So get one thing you're really good at. And that's the thing you use to lead with. And I could give you an example. Actually, the guy who's filming right now, this guy, Mark, fantastic videographer. I'm probably going to replace him at some point because this is my running <laughs> joke with him and he's laughing. But he's a fantastic guy. I actually met him at a Lewis Howes book launch party back in 2015. He literally rolled up to me, introduced himself, said, hey, I'm Mark. I'm a video guy. And that's how we began, like opened up our conversation. Yeah. He then followed up with me regularly and just tried to pitch me ideas for videos for like two years. And what was interesting was we were kind of downplaying our videos at that time. But once we finally decided to go after videos, there he was talking about videos. And who did I hire? I hired Mark Yeah. because yeah. he had a skill. Here he was connecting with someone who at the time was like, you know, above his level because mm -hmm. he just moved here. He just started the business or whatever. And it's just like he was able to break in. Yeah. with a skill established so himself as the expert yeah and you know what's funny you don't even really even need to be the expert you just need 
to be really good at something and better than what someone else is doing it at. So I can give you an example. When I started to build my network way back in the day, one of the things that people were really bad at as bloggers especially was converting traffic into leads and sales. Hmm. So how I introduced myself to people was I introduced myself as a conversion guy. I could help you get more conversions from your existing blog traffic. And every time I would meet someone of influence that I wanted to connect with, I would always offer to review and update their site for them to maximize their conversions. Hmm. And I actually built my whole network by getting them more opt-ins. And that was completely volunteer? Yeah, I didn't get paid for it. That's the other mistake, by the way. Yeah. Most people, you know, they say that if you are good at – well, my, one of my favorite quotes is from the Joker in uh, Batman when he's like – he says, if you're good at something, you never do it for free. <laughs> I think that's sort of true, but I also think that when you're trying to network with someone who's way above your level, yeah, someone who – like, I mean – we all know there's a pecking order when you meet people, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course. And sometimes when you offer something for free, it actually means that you're not good at it and they don't want your free work because they're going to assume it's not valuable. Mm -hmm. But on the same token, if you're willing to work for free for someone and really put forth a good effort on a free work, it's going to really set you apart from everyone else. Right. And you're right. going to want to talk to you. Right. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is uh, the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. And then they're going to want to share like, hey, look. Yeah, of and, course. And now you have somebody that is quote unquote above your level that is now recommending you to people who are also quote unquote above your level, which now yes. you've associated with yourself with all these people that are at this other level. And then all of a sudden, before you know it, you're at that level because you're associated with all these people that are at that level. Yes. That, that's a fantastic That's what you lead insight. with skill. Yeah. And it's you a fantastic insight to bring skill. that out.
Yeah, because too many people are trying to suck value from everybody and get stuff out of somebody instead of just going into a situation going, hey, how can I help this individual? What can I do to offer some sort of value that is particular to me? Like you said, like, what do you give to a top influencer? You know, like they already know more people than you. They already make more money than you. Like, what are you supposed to do at that point? So you definitely have some sort of a skill set that you are good at, that they are not good at, that you can help with in some sort of a way. And uh, the fact that you were willing to do that at the beginning, I think probably contributes a lot to not only your monetary success, Derek, but probably also the network that you have. Yes. And you'd be so well, it's actually funny because my network is probably not as large as a lot of people's networks. Mm -hmm. And that's mainly because for like three years, I stopped meeting people. I got real anti-social for a minute. So it's kind of <laughs> funny that I'm giving networking advice. <laughs> Are you an introvert, extrovert, naturally? I'm more of like an introvert, but like mixed with a side of I hate all humans. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm kidding. So, I'm so kidding. you, I don't you really recharge by yourself, though. Yes, definitely recharge yeah. by myself. I read a lot of books. You know how that is. Yeah, yeah. I do not like to read, but I also recharge by myself. Like I'm, I'm very much that same on the same wavelength with you there. Do you have any tips for people? Wait, like, wait, wait, stop, stop. We can't go to the next question. What do you mean you don't like to read? I don't like to read. I do not like it, but I do it. I just don't really enjoy it. What? So, yeah, I'm an audio guy. Why? Listen, it's just, you know, my dad's asked me that question since I was like five. <laughs> I don't, I just don't enjoy it, bro. It just is just not something that I enjoy. I got like 12 books I'm looking at right now and I'm working through all of them and I'm definitely making myself what read, are the 12 books but I don't, I don't enjoy it you might be reading bad books dude i know we're just supposed to talk about networking we're going on a side <laughs> note right now i enjoy consuming content just not in the form of reading if that makes more sense but the one no I'm it doesn't make any sense <laughs> <laughs> what books are you trying to read right now that are boring your pants off let oh, me make let me give it's you a better not, book so right. it's not boring it's just I get so bogged down with it so easily. So like I'll make myself read a certain number of pages or like a certain amount of time every day because I know that it's really good for me and I enjoy the content, but I feel like I should be doing something. I feel like I got to be like up doing something and not sitting here reading. Does that make sense? I don't know. Just, to, just Yeah, I always tell me. people you got to go through learning implementation loops, right? You go through these big spurts of learning. Then you go through these big spurts of implementation when you don't need to learn anymore. Hmm. And however... You should still be reading a book a week. A book a week? Yeah. What are you How reading right you now, Derek? What are you reading right thing? now? Right now, nothing. <laughs> so, but here's the difference. I read like a thousand books in the last like eight years. Okay. However, I, what I did just finish, I did read two books in the last two and a half weeks. One of the books really tapped me out though because it was one of those big biographies. It was the Leonardo da Vinci biography and that guy's a boss. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, probably. So I love that. Read, yeah. No, it was, it was incredible. So was you incredible. literally just finished two books in like two and a half weeks. So you're basically on your book a week thing. You just haven't picked up a new book yet. Yeah, I haven't done that yet. I okay. bought, I just bought 12 books. I haven't picked one up to start reading it yet. Okay. But I always believe you should be reading at least a book a week and don't waste your time with those dumb business books. Like just read. The only thing I like to read is biographies or memoirs. And the reason why I like that is because nothing is more inspiring than seeing someone else's struggle. It lets you think to yourself like you're not alone. It lets you feel motivated. It lets you know that when you get some bad that hits the fan on you, someone else had it worse. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And that's why I always tell people to do that. If I was going to ever recommend you read one book, I would 
recommend you read the first half of the John D. Rockefeller biography called Titan. Just the first half. The second half was boring. The first half was about being how he started up and basically built the world's largest company. And then another awesome book is As I See It by J. Paul Getty, which is pretty timely considering there's a J. Paul Getty movie coming out pretty soon. Hmm. But that's one of my favorite books. He's one of my favorite entrepreneurs of all time, actually. Yeah. So very honestly, inspiring. Honestly, I know that this wasn't intending to talk about networking when we started talking about books, but I think it brings up a really good point in the fact that like when you're talking about gaining knowledge and stuff, it gives you more things to connect with people on, more topics to know about, more ways to be able to actually have carry a conversation with a random stranger that you met. If you're constantly filling your brain with content and more wisdom from, you know, the books that you're reading, I think that's... Yeah, it gives you something to talk about. I mean, me, I've never seen a sports game in my life. I hate sports. (laughs) So when I go hang out with a bunch of dudes and all they're doing is talking about... Because it's boring. (laughs) And then it's like, know what I hate more than sports? When I watch other dudes wear other dudes' jerseys. (laughs) There's something wrong about that to me. Oh, man. So I hate sports. I need books. That's why I read. Because if I go hang out with a bunch of people, I got nothing to talk about other than books or my business. Yeah. And then sometimes – let's go back to networking though. When we're talking about value, right? If you're trying to network with someone on a professional level, it's always good to bring a skill to the table. That way people know how to recommend you, know how to remember you, and know how to talk about you. Yeah. It's also good because they know how to use you when the time is right. But that – Another different type of value you can bring to the table, which a lot of people don't talk about, is the fact that you can just be fun to hang out with. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know how many just times be, just be a I person. go to a business? Yeah. How many times I've made like, very good friends by not leading with value, but instead just by having a good time and not asking for anything from anyone? Yeah, of course. Of course. That's the- and if you go to enough events and you just have a good time at all the events and you never ask for anything – Everyone is like, yo, that person doesn't need anything. He's fun to hang out with. Yeah, yeah. That's why I preface this conversation by saying like, I think that the word networking makes people think that it's this whole like, I got to go to this event and close some business or it's not worth my money. But that's why I want to preface this whole like who you know thing with it's building relationships, but without the expectation of getting anything in return, it's just building relationships for the sake of building relationships and having friendships and being normal and being an actual person with people. But that kind of stuff will ultimately lead to creating more value in other people's lives and will ultimately lead to getting more business anyway. But Wait, can I ask you a question? You said networking is about building relationships without intent of business? Yes. Why don't you believe the same thing? Reading books is about building knowledge without intent of implementation. Oh, I believe in reading. Don't get me wrong. I believe in it. That's why I do it. But it's never been something that I enjoy. I'm, so we're the opposite in that. So I'm a sports guy. Yeah. I played sports growing up. So like when my sister ah. was inside like consuming four books in a day, I was outside playing basketball, working on my left hand layups and working on my dribbling and like all that kind of stuff. So I was a sports guy. I did not enjoy reading. My dad used to pay me to read books because he knew it was good for me. That's what happened. Your dad ruined you. Your dad actually (laughs) ruined your reading for life. They actually, uh, Dan Pink wrote a book called Drive, all about intrinsic and extrinsic motivation. And they talk about when you pay your kids to do something, they actually lose all intrinsic motivation later in life to do it. Really? Your dad ruins you, bro. Thanks a lot, dad. He's probably listening to this right now. Thanks, dad. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he's, he's, he, all of it was 
you know, I read more because he paid me. So that was good. <laughs> but no, I know. I'm, yeah, but you lost your desire. To, you should read that book. Drive oh, by. Dick, I, I didn't you know? lose a desire. I'd never had a desire. <laughs> That's the yeah. Difference. No, I actually didn't read my first book until I was 22 years old, to be honest with you. Really? I didn't read it all growing up other than like Shakespeare plays and basically the that's stuff it. stuff that you were made to read in high school. Yeah, but I actually got obsessed with Shakespeare because I thought he was a great writer. And then I actually thought I wanted to be a playwright at one point. Really? That's a whole story, though. But yeah, I didn't start reading business books and nonfiction books until I was in my early 20s. And I actually remember one of the first books I read. Well, there was actually one of the first two books I read. One was uh, Winning by Jack Welch. Mm -hmm. And that book basically explained how Jack Welch became the CEO of General Electric and took it from $5 billion to $200 billion. And he always credited knowing stuff as a secret. So he liked to read books. Then I read Warren Buffett. Biography uh, Buffett, the making of an American capitalist. Yeah, and in that biography, Buffett had said that he read all the biographies of the people before him, like Carnegie, Morgan, Rockefeller, all these great people that built great businesses. And he said that that's one of the things that was most inspiring to him. So when I was like, if Warren Buffett did it, I'm doing it. Right. And then I basically started reading every biography I could get my hands on. Have you read Principles by Ray Dalio yet? Oh, I just bought that book. That's on my list. Yeah, that's next on my list. I just it's sitting right in front of me. It's what I'm looking at on on the top of my book stack here. I'm interested to hear your feedback on that one because I think that'll be a really good one to dive into. But going back, you said that you were thinking about becoming a playwright and stuff. What shifted your mind into entrepreneurship from that whole background? Very easy. I wrote a couple full length plays in in college. Then we were going to get them performed, and I was like, "How do you make money doing this?" It's like, "Well, you go get a job as a playwright." Then you start seeing that these people make no money. Uh, gotcha. They don't make any money at all. So I did what most creative writers did. Instead of making money with my creativity, I made money trying to write advertisements instead. Mm, gotcha. And let me tell you, that was much more lucrative. I actually took my playwriting skills and my ability to understand old English and turned it into a blog where I made fun of celebrities. <laughs> Natural progression. Oh, man, that's so funny. So then you ended up getting a, a decent readership on the blog then, I'm assuming. Yeah, on the Celebrity Gossip blog, this is way back in 2006. We did almost 100 million visits on that site. Wow. And what, I was what like, are a couple, like of what are a couple of the main ways that you monetize that? At that point, mainly just uh, like uh, ad networks. Okay. So I had like Google AdSense back in the day, but we had these premium ad networks where they would get you these things called homepage takeovers, where you'd come to the homepage and it would take over your whole website and that was a big thing, but mainly ad networks. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Do you really enjoy writing as much as you enjoy reading? Listen, nobody likes writing. Okay. All right, that's, I that's like- what I, That's what I, I was like, asking. <laughs> what's that quote from Hemingway? I hate writing, but I love having written. Ah, uh, ah. Uh, that's it. I love having written something really cool, but the process to get there yeah. usually means I'm yelling at my video guy, I'm calling up my mom and yelling at her. <laughs> I'm yelling at my dog. Oh, I'm cleaning the house. Do you write everything yourself? Use it, you ever use like any ghostwriters or anything like that? We have some writing talent on my team right now, okay. but a lot of the main stuff, it's me writing. Okay, gotcha. Well, that just goes up with the demand of how much content you're having to put out there, right? Yeah. Also, I enjoy having written, like I said. Right. I like to tell a good story. I like to entertain people. I like to be a little bit more um, interesting. And one of the be most important, the second most important thing of networking is being able to have something to talk about.
right? Mm. Most people, they go there and they don't have anything to say. And we actually had a beta tested a social skills course earlier this year. And that was the number one problem people had. They're like, yo, when I meet someone, what do I tell them? Mm. Like, what do I talk about? Like, do I just go up there and start pitching my services? The answer is no. <laughs> you got to have a couple of stories you can tell that are entertaining. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Right. And what I tell people when they ask me that is, well, don't talk about yourself then. Just ask them questions about them. Would you agree with that? Or do you like to no. uh, come prepared that's with a, your own? That's some Dale Carnegie stuff. And you know what? He's right. If you don't have anything to say, you're better off letting them talk about themselves. But the problem with being the person that always asks questions, there's two things that's wrong with it. Thing one, it's like you're interrogating people. Hmm. That's the first thing. The second thing is you're not giving people anything to remember you by. Good conversation is not one way of you asking someone else questions. A good conversation is about asking questions and also sharing personal anecdotes that could help make you build a connection with that person. Right. Make you memorable for them instead of just the other yes. way around. This is why one of the things I always tell people, we do this, but uh, I believe every human on earth needs what I call a personal story bank. And a personal story bank, all it is, it's actually in my Evernote. I start the title. It's actually in a thing called Bear now because I hate Evernote. But it's the title is PS for personal story, and it'll be something short about something that happened. Hmm. Like I was at the coffee shop. This guy leaned over and asked me, what are you writing, a play? And I said, no, I'm working on my business. And then a few minutes later, he yells out, does anyone around here have a job? And it's just me, him, and the people who have a job working at the coffee shop. <laughs> Clearly, he was referring to me. Yeah. Uh, at that man. point, I had a decision to make. Do I tell him that I'm running a multi-million dollar online business from a coffee shop in my sweatpants? No, it's not worth it. I don't need to brag. I don't have anything to prove. So anyway, this story that I just told you is something that's in my personal story bank. Hmm. And I would pull that up with like... If we're having a conversation and someone brings up a story about how someone underestimated them and I'll always be like, oh, I love being underestimated because it always makes people look so stupid. This just happened to me recently yeah. and I'll tell the story. Yeah. So I everyone stories in their story bank that they can share and it's rehearsed. Like even when I said everyone had a job, like everyone, no one except the people in the coffee shop who had a job at the coffee shop, you laughed. Yeah. I knew you were going to laugh there because I've told this story Probably a thousand times and everyone always laughs there yeah, and you give a break to allow them to laugh there Yes, interesting. How many of these do you have probably hundreds really I got a story for everything I even got stories that let me give you another example this I don't know how I'm ever gonna bring this up in conversation other than to show <laughs> you the type of stuff I write down. Yeah, I have a friend. She's a teacher in an elementary school it's an inner city elementary school. One of the children isn't doing so well. So they have parent-teacher conferences. The child comes in with his dad. They come in to talk to the teacher. The teacher's trying to explain that the child's underperforming and he needs to get better, da da da, da. And then the dad just point blank looks at him, looks at her and says, look, he told me he can't concentrate in class because your boobs are too big, and I agree. <laughs> Like, oh, no. I don't know how I have, I'm ever going to tell that, that story. You know that, you're going to work that into conversation, except for a conversation how. about how storytelling is important, like this one. 
yeah, I don't know how I'm ever going to work that, but this is a real story that happened to my friend who's a teacher. She told me the story, and it's, like, so ridiculous. I was like, I'm writing that down. <laughs> well, it's a perfect way to do it is when you're telling people how important stories are, and then you pull out this random one. Like, I have this story where this happened. Yes, so I'm always putting down stuff in the story, in the story bank. Yeah. And it's something that I've been doing for years, right? So sometimes I delete them out if there's uninteresting ones. But most people who do it, I always tell them to commit to putting one story in the story bank every day. Make it an observation. Make it a conversation you overhear. Make it an interaction you have with the coffee shop person. Make it anything. Maybe it, make it something that randomly pops into your head that happened a few years ago. Yeah. The goal is to always – Put stuff in this story bank, one story a day, and keep to that habit for years. Do you have any resources that you've used on like how to tell a good story, like any storytelling books or blogs or content to follow? Not really. Just um, done it a lot and got good at it basically? Well, no. I have some books, but it's funny because I would love to plug a piece of my own content right now, yeah, go and I don't know why I've never written about this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what, so, so, I mean, storytelling to me is one of the number, uh, probably top five skill sets that you can work on in any aspect of like in business, career, whatever. The art of storytelling is so crucial to being able to get something across to somebody and eliciting an emotion in somebody else. Yep. Mark, stories. You got to get, get content on stories. <laughs> yeah, we, I, I, anyway, here's the tips. Tip number one with storytelling, I always tell people this. You got to get to the conflict fast. And what I mean by get to the conflict fast, a lot of people that tell a story, they'll just go on this rant. They'll Start be like – at the beginning, hey. yeah. They'll be like, oh, so the other day I was walking down the street. I met John. You know John. John's friends with Amy. We went out to dinner with Amy two years ago, and you know how we met Amy through Jan. Jan, you remember Jan? I wonder what Jan is doing right now. Oh, yeah, that's right. We went to college together in English class. No. No, <laughs> don't do that. Oh man, it's you so... always want to you want to get to the interesting part. Now, this is something that's that's hard for people to do, especially in the beginning. But I always tell people, if you want to get to the interesting part, start in the middle of the story. Yes, yes, it's so funny. We we're talking about this. I was. <laughs> have you ever watched the show Modern Family? No, I was watching that show the other day, and they had this whole thing on one of the girls in the show was just horrible at telling stories and did that exact thing you just did. Just go on like 48 rabbit trails at the beginning of the story, say all these details that are completely not relevant to the whole thing at hand. So it's re just really funny that we're talking about this because this just came up recently. So what's an example of a story you have where you, you get to the conflict that's in the middle, you take that at the beginning, and then you come back and then you draw some context for that conflict, right? So like an example with that story at the coffee shop. So I'm at the coffee shop. A guy leans over. What are you writing, a screenplay? And I said, no, I'm working on my business. Then a few minutes later, he yells out. So he went around here, I have a job. That story, I was actually talking to the guy for like 20 minutes before he actually asked that question. Okay. I cut all that out because it wasn't interesting. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, but and also makes the story a little bit more funnier if you cut out all the nonsense. Right. So – that's one example of getting to the conflict fast. Another example of getting to the conflict fast, I mean, I hate to plug myself here, but if you ever read my personal Facebook profile, yeah. I write the best stories there. I try to publish at least one every couple of days. And like here, here, let me give you an example. Here's what I published just say. I don't know when this gets published, so whenever they hear this, it might not be today. But I published this one, and here's how it started. So I almost got kicked out of college. I never shared this story before, but screw it. What happened and why am I sharing it? Let me take you back to the beginning. 
So my college was known for being a party school. I'm sure the administration hated it. In my last semester, they began posting flyers around campus with survey results. While I don't remember the exact numbers, it went something like this. Nine out of 10 kids don't drink alcohol. My friend KC and I laughed. This couldn't be true, so we went around campus and did our own, own poll. And we discovered that 49 out of 50 college kids drank alcohol. Again, <laughs> don't remember the exact numbers, but something to that effect. And then we made our own flyers. And to get them out into the world, we asked our friends to hang them on their door, and they agreed. And then that's when I got called into the disciplinary committee. This happened more than 10 years ago, but here's how the conversation went down. Them, you infringed on our copyright. Me, no, I didn't. Them, you lied about survey results. No, I actually conducted that survey. Them, you vandalized school property. Me, no, I didn't. I got permission to hang these flyers. Them, you need to do 10 hours of community service or we won't let you graduate. Me, okay, then I guess I'm not graduating. <laughs> right, but do you notice how with this, I opened with, so I almost got kicked out of college. I never shared this story, but screw it. Right. The reason why I did that is I knew there was a lot of backstory I would have to tell before I got to the part where I was arguing about not being kicked out. Right, right. So you knew now, the story was going to go a little bit longer. So instead of starting at the beginning and creating all the context before you threw out something interesting, you took something from the middle, put it at the beginning, and then built the context for what would then be the conflict in the middle. Exactly. Now, like here's another example of one where I just jump right in, right? So after traveling for a few weeks, I gained like eight pounds. And I told my trainer, Chris, that it's time to go back on a diet. Here's how the conversation went down. Me, I'm fat again. Him, yes, you are. Me, I'm going on a diet. Him, every time you feel hungry, go in the bathroom, pull up your shirt and look at your stomach. He's the best. <laughs> oh, man, I need to do that, actually. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, dude, there's so there's so much good stuff. We could keep talking about this for a long time. Yeah. I know you got stuff to do and, and we're running out of time here. So let's go ahead and move on to the last segment here. Something really quick. I like to call the random round. Just a few really quick random questions with some quick random answers. You ready? Oh, no. You <laughs> do ri random questions. Let's random do answers. Like, we, like how random are we talking? Well, why don't I, you know what? I'll just go ahead and start with them. And then you can figure out if you feel that, that they're completely random. Okay, hold on. Let me take a deep breath. Let me take a sip of water. I want to answer them fast so you know I'm not lying. All right. All right. I'm ready to rock. All right. Here we go. This is the random round. What profession other than your own do you think it would be fun to attempt? How about I answer that question with saying if I ever did anything else that could pay me an equal amount of money as to what I make right now, it would be a stand-up comedian. Perfect. But I've been – I went up to perform a few times at stand-up comedy and it's not fun at all. <laughs> So it would be stand-up comedy, but like if it were it was, a better yes. version of stand-up comedy, is that what you're no, saying? No, no. If I was a better comedian. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, if you could sit on a park bench with someone past or present and talk to them for an hour, who would it be and why? John D. Rockefeller, because he's the man. That dude grew up poor, built one of the largest companies in the world. He was always known for making the right business decision at every single point in the game. And I would love to just ask him a million questions. Well, this question next is how do you like to learn best, books, blogs, or podcasts? But I'm assuming yours is going to be books. So why don't we skip to the follow-up question, which is tell me one of your favorites. My favorite book of all time is one I already told you, As I See It by J. Paul Getty. This is a handbook for just becoming a successful business person. Now, if you want something more applicable, my next favorite book would probably be Scientific Advertising by Claude Hopkins. It was written like 100 years ago, and it was one of the best books on writing ad copy that exists. Give us a glimpse of your morning routine. Dude, I hate this question. 
everyone who gets this question, they're like, oh, yeah, I, I wake up, you know, have a leisurely breakfast, and I stroll to the gym, then I read a book, you know, then I go say hi to the wife and kids, and then, you know, maybe I start work about 1130, and they basically tell you that about their ideal morning that no one ever has. My morning routine usually consists of me waking up and hoping I hop in the shower as soon as I wake up. Because if I wake up and stay in that bed and look at my phone, I waste the first 90 minutes of my day. Oh, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. I always like, though, how people will start their morning routine with, I woke up. It's always really intriguing to me. And that seems like it would be, you know, understood. But anyway, what is your go-to pump-up song? I'm not really that guy. Not a music guy or you don't like get pumped a lot or you're just always pumped so you don't really need that energy boost? If I need an energy boost, I don't put a song on to get that energy boost. I usually go outside and start harassing people. Gotcha. Gotcha. Like not not, not, not like harass, not sexually harassing people. <laughs> Thanks for but the like, clarification. But like you going never know to the these coffee days. shop yeah. and saying funny to people like that's how I usually get amped up. If I'm writing, I almost always listen to a song called Clarity by Zed. Oh, yeah. Okay. I know that song. Yeah. It's a good one. All right. Well, what are you not very good at, Derek? Oh, man. What am I? Pretty much everything. Like, let me give you, I'll answer with a story. The, my video guy was making fun. My video guy, Mark, over here was making fun of me for this. My fiance makes me some great, great lunches every day. And sometimes she puts this food in like black containers. And then sometimes it's in a red container. And I'm not smart enough to know that the container changed colors. So I'll be calling her, be like, yo, where's the food? She's Derek, it's in the black container. Like that, like it's in, or it's in the red one today. Like I, that's an example. <laughs> I'm basically bad at almost everything in my life except like business. <laughs> oh, that's all right. That's all right. Well, I, I mean, at least you found the, the food eventually, right? Yeah, well, you know, I, mean, I usually had these four meltdowns to get there. That was a good ending, though. <laughs> yeah, there's, uh, all right, so as we finish everything up here, Derek, what is one place online where we'll be able to find you the most? The most? I mean, my email list. Go to socialtriggers.com, get on my email list, and see my awesome emails. That's probably the thing where you'll see the most. Though I'm currently obsessed with Instagram. Okay. I want to be Insta-famous, and Perfect. it's hard. It is. It takes work. <laughs> Too much work. Yeah. All right. So go check out anything that uh, you can want to find on Derek. You go check out at socialtriggers.com or go follow him on Instagram. Show him some love. Shoot him a message and go from there. Derek, thanks so much for coming on the show today, bro. Had a fantastic time chatting with you. Hey, thanks for having me. This was fun. That's all for this episode of Build Your Network. Your next step is to visit byn.media slash FB to join in on our Facebook group for more personal engagement, proven strategies, and tactics to reach your ultimate goals. That's byn.media forward slash FB. Remember, you're only one connection away. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.